Hello, and welcome to episode five of Emma and Rebecca Talk IP, a series where we spend a few minutes each week or so taking a look at something new in the world of intellectual property and trying to unravel what's really going on. I'm Emma Isles. And I'm Rebecca Gay. This week, we're talking climate change, fairness, parity, and copyright, all of which came together in an energised war between AGL and Greenpeace last week, which you might have seen in the news. To do that, we're joined this week by our colleague from the HSFIP team, Aaron Haywood, who's been following the case since it kicked off in early May. Uh, Welcome, Aaron. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Emma, and thanks for having me. So let's start with setting the scene, Aaron. Why did AGL take the step of suing Greenpeace? Well, in early May, Greenpeace released a report called Coal-Faced exposing AGL as Australia's biggest climate polluter, which claimed that AGL was using its position to slow the transition to a low-carbon economy. At the same time, Greenpeace also launched an advertising campaign against AGL, which used ads that looked very much like AGL's own ads with similar colours and fonts and so on, but included taglines such as still Australia's biggest climate polluter, And each of them had a version of the AGL logo with the words Australia's greatest liability. A little bit of activity from Greenpeace in there, Aaron, but the case itself was all about use of the AGL logo. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. AGL said it wasn't trying to stop Greenpeace campaigning against it and it wasn't trying to stifle any public debate, but it took issue with Greenpeace using its logo in all of those materials. So it commenced proceedings within a matter of days of the campaign beginning, seeking an urgent injunction. It argued that the Greenpeace use of the AGL logo was both trademark infringement, but also copyright infringement. And that's because a logo, as well as being a trademark, is also an artistic work. And so it's also protected by copyright. So strictly speaking, you can't reproduce it without the permission of the copyright owner. But going back to the trademark case, that was actually pretty straightforward. So um, because you don't necessarily infringe a trademark just by using it, you have to use it as a trademark, which seems a bit circular, I realise. But the point is AGL had to show Greenpeace had used the AGL logo as a brand. That is, it's telling you where goods or services are coming from. That might still be a bit confusing. What does that actually mean, Aaron? Well, it can sometimes help to look at examples because uh, that makes everything a little bit simpler. Um, So if you think about a can of soft drink with the Coca-Cola logo on it, when I see that, that tells me that the drink is coming from the Coca-Cola company. Or if I walk into a bank building with the Commonwealth Bank logo on it, that tells me that I'm going to be receiving banking services from the Commonwealth Bank. But here, because of the way Greenpeace had used the AGL logo in the ads, and also because those ads had the Greenpeace logo quite prominently displayed on them, the court held that the AGL logo would pretty clearly be seen as indicating the target of the ad and not suggesting the source of any goods or services that were being advertised. So we've mentioned goods and services a couple of times now, um, Aaron and Rebecca, on that point. Um, we should make it clear that trademarks are registered in relation to particular goods and services. So, for example, Dove is another recognisable trademark. So that's registered by Mars as a trademark for chocolate, uh, but it's also registered by Unilever as a trademark for soap. 
they are different goods and the use of Mars by Dove in relation to chocolate doesn't infringe Unilever's trademark relating to soap. But that was a problem for AGL. Yeah, it was. AGL tried to rely on the fact that its logo is registered for, among other things, educational services. But the court held as a matter of common sense that just because Greenpeace's ads sought to impart information, that didn't mean they were an educational service. So that meant the trademark case failed. And that brings us to the copyright case. So here, Greenpeace, um, for pretty obvious reasons, didn't dispute that it had copied the AGL logo. But what it said was it was allowed to do that because of the fair dealing exception to copyright infringement for parody or satire. Or uh, if the court wasn't accepting it was parody and satire, then they were going to rely on the fair dealing exception for criticism or review. Emma, uh, as our listeners might remember, the fair dealing exception was something we talked about a few weeks ago in the rather sorry tale of Clive Palmer and his um, attempts to get around his use of the Twisted Sister classic, We're Not Going to Take It. (laughs) That's right. The fair dealing defences are getting a bit of a run at the moment in the courts. Um, But as we talked about in our previous episode, the exception for parody and satire was introduced back in 2006 into Australian law but it hadn't really been the subject of too many cases before the Palmer decision. So in Greenpeace, the court looked to the decision in Palmer for guidance as to what constitutes acceptable parody or satire. And in this case, the court held that the use of an artistic work, like the AGL logo, would be for the purpose of parody or satire if that work was used to expose, denounce or deride vice, often in the context of a humorous or ridiculous juxtaposition. Uh, Aaron, can you explain that a bit further and how it played out for Greenpeace? What was really interesting was that the court didn't answer that question in a one-size-fits-all way. It instead looked at each of the different ways that Greenpeace had used the AGL logo, and it reached different conclusions for each of them. So in the case of the Greenpeace ads that looked like they were AGL ads, the court found that they were parody or satire. And that was because they created a corporate look that juxtaposed the AGL corporate branding style with, and I quote the court here, an obviously non-corporate message such that the ridicule potent in the message would be immediately perceived. And the court went on to hold that those ads were darkly humorous because the combined effect was, to quote, ridiculous. It's almost as though the court is assessing whether the copying is funny or or at least whether you know, the ordinary person looking at the advertisements would think that the copying is intended to be funny or, quote, darkly humorous. Yeah, that's right. And courts are in a great place to judge what the ordinary consumer would think is funny. (laughs) But on the other hand, there were some ads where Greenpeace had used the AGL logo in a way that wasn't so ridiculous or humorous. For example, there were some infographics about AGL's carbon emissions. There were some ads calling for Greenpeace supporters to take action against AGL. And there were some photos of some protesters holding billboards. And each of those had the AGL logo on them as well. But those ads were held not to be parody or satire. Um, It may also be relevant that those ones didn't mimic the AGL corporate look, but that wasn't explored in great detail. So really what we're left with is having to make an assessment on a case-by-case basis, it seems. And in relation to the use of the logo that were not parody or satire, 
uh, Greenpeace also argued that they fell within the separate fair dealing exception for criticism or review, but that didn't get them very far either, did it, Aaron? No, because that exception requires the criticism or review to be of a copyright work. So you can be reviewing or criticising something like a book or an artwork, but it's not enough to say you were just criticising a person or a company generally. Greenpeace did try to argue that it was criticising AGL's advertising about its environmental efforts, but the court wasn't buying that, or to borrow a Clive Palmer expression, wasn't going to take it. So just back to parody and satire, um, that wasn't quite the end of the story because, again, as we saw in relation to Mr Palmer, um, the use also has to be fair. Um, Mr Palmer found that was a bit of a problem, but uh, I gather Greenpeace had more success on that front. Yeah, they certainly did. And that was even though the court had access to discussions between Greenpeace and its marketing agency that referred to their intention to make the AGL brand toxic. The court dismissed uh, those communications as rhetorical hype of a type typically used in advertising and didn't consider uh, that that sort of language and intention meant that the use wasn't fair use. And the other main argument AGL put forward on the issue of fairness was that it suffered damage because of the use. But the court held that parody and satire inherently involve some element of ridiculing someone. So the fact that the copyright owner suffers damage can't by itself mean that that use isn't fair. In this case, the court also noted that the damage didn't really come from Greenpeace's use of the AGL logo, but was more due to the information in the campaign itself. So for the most part, the fact that AGL suffered some damage really wasn't relevant to the copyright case. And so the outcome from all of that is that quite a few of the Greenpeace ads did not constitute either trademark infringement or copyright infringement, and presumably they will be allowed to keep running and indeed um, give uh, Greenpeace uh, a bit of a green light <laughs> to run similar ads in relation to other um, corporate targets. Yes, that's right, Rebecca, and it's a result that Greenpeace is um, claiming as a victory. So, Aaron, thank you so much for joining us. Um, to help us unravel that one. It's been wonderful to have another voice from the team with us today. Uh, until next time. You have been listening to a podcast brought to you by Herbert Smith Freehills. For more episodes, please go to our channel on iTunes or SoundCloud and visit our website herbertsmithfreehills.com for more insights relevant to your business.